What's up, everyone? It's Monday, August 7th. It's about 7.30 New York time. Just wanted to uh, welcome everyone back. And I had a quick announcement for housekeeping purposes at the end of the week. On Thursday and Friday, most likely there won't be a podcast. I'm just taking a long weekend off to go see some family members. Uh, I have nephews who are celebrating uh, a birthday. And um, I will be checking obviously the prices during the day and I will try to give some intraday analysis uh, during uh, the session through Substack Notes and Twitter but there will be no podcast on Thursday or Friday and today's episode is going to be actually pretty short Uh, although all the market like the market was pretty green today I wanted to cover a very important topic but uh, before I do that let's jump into the breadth numbers as you know I love to do so today on Monday August 7th there were 181 new highs 216 new lows 55% of shares were advancing versus 40% declining basically every sector was green other than utilities which was like a pinch red Um, I would characterize the day as very bullish but toward the end of the day Uh, versus the AM session because if you were watching intraday the breath was actually starting to get weak at 1155 right around lunchtime and there was heavy rotation into the Dow uh, the Dow 30 stocks uh, like UNH, ABV, JNJ all of those names that typically are not uh, bullish where people are starting to kind of uh, sell risk and go into safety however um, roughly about um, 2 o'clock it started to ramp up on the buying side and everything just kind of lifted but keep in mind the 10 year yield is still elevated at 4.1% the 30 year mortgage is still very high at 7.25% so um, there are a lot of headwinds but the market is still climbing this wall of worry and it's still very bullish impulse I stand true by my uh, analysis until you see the ES break below 4150 or 4100-ish, we are in a bull market. And it seems that every dip is being bought. And um, we need to first test the 50-day moving average, right, on most things. Although Apple was very weak, it is still trading under the 50-day moving average. I told everyone that Apple is being distributed here weeks ago. And it is now starting to really pick up. Uh, Today, Apple closed down 1.7%. It has lost billions, hundreds of billions now of market cap um, since the earnings. And I think uh, barring uh, some heavy news flow, Apple can easily go to 160 from here. So that is, we're, we're not even halfway down. Uh, to that and when we get if we get to 160 we'd simply be testing the 200 day moving average so it's not even an area to panic unless you bought it at 195 dollars but i want to transition away from the trees and um i had posted this morning uh, about vanguard and i was just kind of doing some uh research on my 401k and i wanted to make sure that uh, it's a self-directed account, so I wanted to make sure that it was in where I wanted it 
my retirement funds to be. Um, and I was just looking at what other options there were. And um, I'm not surprised that there weren't that many options uh, available in this plan, but I made a note to uh, really use this opportunity to share with the subscribers and listeners of the podcast that this is why I feel it's so important for individuals uh, to start taking more control, learning about managing your own wealth. It's great if you have a great financial advisor, and if they're truly doing you a great service, definitely stick with them. Uh, But I want to challenge you and ask when anyone off the street can say, hey, I'm going to invest my money in Apple, Microsoft, Meta, NVIDIA, Tesla. How much uh, can your advisor beat those stocks? And I I was just looking for like a middle of the road, up like 8 to 10%. Um, mutual fund for 401k so I found it and um, it was called target retirement 2040 trust plus I guess this is targeting folks that want to retire by 2040 Um, there are 77% stocks 20% bonds and 1% short-term reserves so when I looked at what this mutual fund consists of and I opened up portfolio and management I saw that rather than having a um, you know different stocks uh, in there what you'll typically find is like you know list of a hundred plus stocks this one had four other mutual funds so this uh, retirement 2040 trust plus had the Vanguard stock market index fund institutional plus shares 46% composition, Vanguard institutional total international stock market index trust two, which had 30.7% co- uh, com- composition, number three Vanguard total bond market index fund institutional shares 15% composition. And Vanguard Total International Bond Index Fund, which had 6.2% share. So I was just curious, what does the first, number one, Vanguard Total Stock Market Index Fund uh, have in its own composition? Uh, and lo and behold, the majority of the holdings are the Magnificent Seven. Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, NVIDIA, Google, Tesla, Meta, Berkshire Hathaway, Google Class C, uh, UNH, Health, and that was like a majority of the holdings. So, all right. So let's go rewind back to the retirement middle tier, you know, 10, 10% return trust plus plan. That one uh, had a uh, fund manager, Michael Roach, who's a CFA and portfolio manager, graduated f- with a BS in Bloomsburg University of Pennsylvania, as well as an MS from Drexel University. Surely, uh, the funds within this fund are also managed by him, right? Like, why would they have to need other managers for this? But I opened up the other one that had mostly the Magnificent Seven. Um, the ticker for that fund is V as in Victor, S as in Sam, M as in Michael, P as in Paul, X as in X-Ray. That one has three fund managers. So 
between the first mid-tier fund and then the top-performing uh, Vanguard Total Stock Market Index Fund, you as a customer are paying four fund managers' fees. And this is kind of, uh, this is definitely double dipping, but this is uh, definitely why you should look at your own holdings uh, for your 401 and mutual funds and see what's really going on under the hood. The other thing that I found appalling was if I wanted to just, you know, invest in something safe, um, let's say it was just like treasuries, there was only like one option, there's no options for metal and mining. Uh, so you are at the, you know, at the whim of Vanguard and that plan that your employer uh, signed up on. Um, and, you know, one of my mentors I mentioned was Bill Cara from, uh, you can find him at BillCara.com. Um, and he has been a, uh, a fighter for the individual investor. And he's always fought for transparency. Um, and back in, I think in the uh, late 90s, uh, when he was in Canada at the time, um, it was 1997, I think he said, uh, or 98, the executive director of the Ontario Securities Commission asked Bill Cara to be the public sole representative in Canada's final hearing of all security regulators before they set the policy regarding electronic trading. Now, if you recall back in 97, 98, it wasn't as prolific as it is today. We still had to call our brokers. We had an actual financial advisor we had to meet and schmooze with. Uh, we were just seeing E-Trade come out and have success, and they had those ridiculous commercials with people buying islands and saying, oh, yeah, I'm a truck driver. I'm a pickup. I'm a, I'm a, you know, a tow truck driver, and I have an island. I'm retired. Right, that's when that was starting. And number one, I was surprised that he was the only person asked to represent us, the investor. Um, but number two, he had uh, basically shared his opinion that this was definitely double dipping and will become common among the friends within the investment management community. And it should be banned. Um I think they did what they could, right? I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm very cynical. Uh, you know, I'm very skeptical as well of regulators, but let's say they tried. Nothing came of it. Wall Street typically will win and get what they want because they control everything. Uh, and the, uh, the second thing that I was appalled at, not only the fact that he was the only one asked to represent us, the investor, number two was the date. Whether it was 97, 98, 23 plus years have gone by and nothing has changed so this is why i always say that um you should always care more about your wealth and money than anyone else um bill has a new book coming out and in chapter two of that book um the title will be called the maverick investor it'll be coming out later this year um, he has an excerpt from chapter two that talks specifically about this. And it talks specifically about if you're an indiv independent investor or independent advisor managing wealth of you know, other families, you have to know what battlefield you are on before you start playing the game.
And I always talk about forest and the trees, macro slash micro. Why do I always talk about treasury, yields, uh, industries? It's because everything is interlinked. And before you go buy NVIDIA or Apple, you have to know what the currents of the market are. And if you start to really study the market, there's many ways to make or lose your money, as you know. But there are, are key signs that it is very hard for the people, the institutions that we're almost betting against, right? Because they're the house. Like if you go to a casino, we're just the chumps coming off the street. Um, and I'll give you one example is you know, when I look at advanced decline breath, they can hide their intentions as there as well, but not for long. Yes, they can go through dark pools. Yes, they can go through options. Um, yes, they can do things pre-market, after-market. But over the course of time, if you watch advanced declines every day, it is very hard for institutions and the sell side to hide their intentions from you. Then, as I mentioned, there are other things you can look at. Um, but I'll kind of, I don't want to uh, inundate you with too much today. But that's why I'm always harping on this notion, um, you know, that I'm trying to grow this community so that we can learn from each other. I don't want to just have to talk one way all the time. Um, and, and the second thing that I always harp on uh, on Substack is I always mention financial freedom is not free, but the pursuit of it is worth the treasure because once you have the ability to have your wealth work for you and you don't have to be tethered to a nine to five career it changes the game it changes your life it changes everything for your family uh and, and that's why i'm so passionate about this i, I hope you can uh, sense that when i create content whether it's written or through the podcast uh, that's all i really have today I'll post all the show notes and the links to what I mentioned that Bill Kara had mentioned. Just as a reminder, there won't be a podcast on Thursday or Friday of this week. I'll be away um, on a long weekend, uh, but I will be checking in through Substack Notes and Twitter. I want to thank everyone again for tuning into the podcast. Please subscribe at nyugrad.substack.com as well as um, the podcast on multiple channels. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and any other, any, anywhere else you listen to podcasts. So have a great day, and I'll talk to you on the next one.